All right. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Rami. You probably don't know me. Maybe you do. I don't know who's listening or where you are or what time it is, but thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving this a chance. So I'm a huge podcast fan, and I've been wanting to get into the podcast world for a long time, and I never did. Um, I guess mostly because of shame, you know? Feels like everyone has a podcast, so what's going to make mine different, you know? And honestly, I asked myself so many times, I'm just not going to be that good. What are people going to say? There's so many of those questions that come to mind, but I saw a quote last night. I was scrolling through Twitter, and this came up, and I decided, you know what? Tomorrow I'm making that podcast. And it said, your first podcast will be bad. Your first workout will be bad. Your first speech will be bad. But you can't make the hundredth without the first. So put your ego aside and start. And that's exactly how I feel. It's completely because of my ego that I am not willing to create a podcast. Because I think that I will be ashamed of how it sounds, of what people might say. It's kind of funny that it's your ego that makes you want to be so great and so good at podcasting, but it's also what's holding you back, right, from even starting. So again, I'm putting that aside. I really appreciate if anyone's listening to this first ever episode, then, you know, thank you. Thank you for giving me a chance. I don't know if this will be good, but hey, thanks for giving it a chance because I'm giving it a chance. What I want this episode to be about is sports. Um, I may veer in different directions as I if I continue to make podcasts, which I will. Um, but this one's going to be about sports because I fell in love with sports at a young age, as many people do. And my father introduced me to sports and I've loved it. And I love sports talk radio. I've been listening to sports talk radio since I'm a little kid. Uh, Boomer and Carton was one of my first that I really fell in love with. Bill Simmons was someone that I love. I listen to both of those shows to this day, although there have been some changes and we'll get to that uh, in a while. But I find that sports can be a metaphor for many things in life. So I think today we're going to start with sports. We'll see where it heads. I think the podcast will change many times. It will pivot. Uh, if I do have a big crowd at any point in my life, if I'm lucky enough, uh, it will pivot. If I'm you know, still just a small podcast guy and I'm the only one listening to it, I'm still going to change because I'm going to see what I like. Um, that's how it's going to work. I did mention Boomer and Carton a second ago, so... One of the reasons I'm making this is because uh, another motivation, I talked about that tweet that I read, but Craig Carton, uh, if anyone knows his story, he was a huge radio show host in New York City, and because of circumstances he brought upon himself, he fell from grace. He had a three-year hiatus, totally self-inflicted from the radio world, and then came back recently. I emailed him and I said, hey, I want to get into the sports talk world. He said, you never regret the chance that you take, you will always regret if you never take the chance. So that's another reason why I'm here. So I'm just going to go through the show. It's going to be all sports today. I'm going to start with the NFL. Crazy day yesterday in the NFL. I'm recording this on a Monday. So we'll talk about yesterday's NFL day. And then we'll get into a little bit of NBA. The draft is later this week. Some trades today, some trade rumors, and then hockey, baseball, some broadcaster stuff. I'm a New York sports fan, but I love all sports and my team stinks. So I pay attention to all sports. It's kind of funny. I'm sitting here in a dark room alone. Just tells you about, you know, where I'm at. I just want to be honest and open. That's going to be one of the themes with this whole podcast. And I'm sitting in a dark room because I'm like kind of embarrassed. I'm every time I'm like looking around to see maybe someone's listening to me. So again, putting that ego aside and I'm going to get right into it. I want to start with the biggest story from yesterday's day in the NFL, and that was obviously the end to the Bills and Arizona Cardinals game. 
I'm assuming if you're a sports fan, you saw this. Everyone was saying on Twitter how Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs' performance went unnoticed and underrated, and they've been so good all year. But if everyone's saying it, it's no longer underrated or unnoticed. Um, that's just my first takeaway. The second takeaway is just how good Kyler really is. Kyler Murray seems to be one of the most clutch and the next group of the elite quarterbacks in the league. And yeah, he's a little guy. He runs around. But hey, that's where the league is heading. And he will be good in this league for a long time. Now, on the other side, there was the Bills. And yes, Josh Allen was excellent. And Stephon Diggs, like we said, it did not go unnoticed. But what is going on in that division? Are the Dolphins the best team in that division? I mean, it is so confusing. There are so many takeaways from that game that, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say sit here and claim to know, uh, but there, it's just, there are so many implications. If you look, again, going back to the Cardinals now, are they better than the Seahawks? The Seahawks didn't look too good the last couple of weeks. So really kind of like a whole shakeup in the NFL this week. And as I go, I'm just going to list through a few things. There has been a shakeup everywhere in the NFL. So from, you know, maybe the peak moment of the league to possibly what looks the worst in the league and the worst looking teams. And that is obviously the NFC East. What a disaster. I mean, I love Alex Smith. I'm so happy he came back. I loved him before his injury. I loved him when he was the underdog in San Francisco. They could have gone to the Super Bowl with him, but they brought in Kaepernick, you know, and then they went to the Super Bowl. He could have still been the quarterback today in Kansas City. But again, Patrick Mahomes, he's excellent. So they went to Patrick Mahomes. I kind of think he's been underrated his whole career. And then he has a devastating injury in Washington. But then he's back. Did I say the Redskins before? I don't know. Washington professional football team. All right, I'll check that after. But anyway, the point is that he, every time he takes a snap and drops back and the defensive backs are coming at him or defensive ends are coming at him. I am so scared for his life. I don't know how his wife watches these games, but I get terrified. And they had that huge comeback against the Lions, but then the Lions go on and win it. So the Redskins or football team are terrible. The Giants and the Eagles, I mean, come on, Eagles. It's just so bad. The whole division is bad. I think all four teams should be eliminated from playoff contention for this year. I don't know what we do about it going forward. This is not the first year it's been like this. And it's just becoming a problem for the league because you have these games that are divisional rivals. And, you know, they're not that good. Like, they're really bad games. Daniel Jones might be legit also, but who knows? Anyway, that's that story. Um... Did anyone else pick the Pats yesterday? Let's move over to the AFC East. I picked the Pats. Um, Bill Belichick does not... He's not an underdog by seven points at home on a primetime game and just gets run over. So I would take. I was taking the Pats and the points, but I was not shocked that they won. That game was crazy also. I mean, literally a monsoon. <laughs> yeah. So that game was pretty nuts. They're three games back now, the Ravens are, and they've lost twice, I think, to Pittsburgh, or maybe they lost once, I have to check the schedule, but that could become a problem, 
but there are a lot of wild card teams. I think Lamar needs to run it. And even uh, Collinsworth said it yesterday. He's like, I feel like every time, Al, I feel like he should just run it. Like, even in the two-minute drill, it felt like Lamar Jackson should have ran the ball. That would have been more effective than throwing it, especially in the monsoon, which was also crazy. It feels like that always works out for Belichick and the Pats. I am a Jets fan. I've been seeing this for years. I was never so terrified as I was last week when I thought the Jets were going to actually lose the one time I wanted them to lose to the Pats, and I thought they might actually win. That was, man, that was crazy. But again, that's the Pats game. It was pretty crazy. But I, again, I would never bet against the Pats, and I thought, hey, the Pats were going to come out and actually compete last night, and they did. Cam looked good. I think they have a shot at the division. Um, the Dolphins are obviously amazing. The Dolphins might be a top five team of football. And Tua Tungavailoa looks like he is the real, real deal. So there is, there are, sorry, three teams in that division that are really good teams. I mean, the Pats, they're still the Pats. I don't care who's wearing the uniform. They're still the Patriots. They still got Belichick. The Dolphins, before Tua, they looked solid. With Tua, they look even better. 3-0 and now, three straight wins with Tua. Who knows what the future holds for them. And then, of course, the Bills, who coming into the year, everyone was super high on them. I still don't love Josh Allen. I think he could be a really, really good quarterback in this league. He needs to throw at a higher completion percentage to me and make less mistakes, but that comes with maturation. So he's in a good situation. I think it's the opposite of Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold was in a good growing environment, he'd be the one who we'd be talking about. But no, it's the Jets, so it's never a growing environment. Um, Speaking of that draft class, though, Baker Mayfield. Um. Come on, Baker. We can't keep making excuses for Baker, right? Like yesterday, I really thought they were going to blow out the Texans. The Texans are terrible. The Texans have an interim head coach. The Texans are so, so bad. And you barely put up 10 points. I mean, barely. It was 3 nothing this whole game or 7 nothing the whole game. It was ridiculous. And Nick Chubb, don't go out of bounds. I had the three and a half. The line was three and a half. And you stepped out of bounds at the one. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, if you bet it all on sports, you know what I'm talking about. I'll set the stage real quick. Basically, Nick Chubb was running down the field for what would have been like an 80-yard touchdown at the end of the game. Meaningless because there was a minute left. And instead of walking into the end zone with a minute left up by three, he decided to take a step out of bounds at the one-yard line, sending the betting world of the NFL into a shock and a craze. And everyone was going nuts because he stepped out. Whoever had the three and a half, you know, the Browns were minus three and a half. Whoever had that was absolutely losing it last night because Nick Chubb stepped out at the one-yard line and they won by three. So that was that game. Uh, anyway, but Baker. Baker has to be better. Um, I, There's no other way to say it. What do they do? I mean... I think they're kind of fooling themselves. I think it's a really talented team. They could end up going to the playoffs, and they likely will. I don't think they'll win a playoff game. All it will do is say, okay, Baker's our guy. But I really don't think Baker's good enough to be their guy. So it's a really interesting situation to see. If you look at their schedule, the Browns will make the playoffs. But I don't think Baker Mayfield is the guy. He looks great at times, but I feel like he makes, you know, we make so many excuses for him. I would love to jump over to the NFC South now and talk about Drew Brees. It seems like every year that Drew Brees has an injury, 
around this time of the year that takes him out for about three weeks and then he comes back a little bit more refreshed in the playoffs. And I like that. I think it's actually good for them. I hope this isn't the devastating injury that finally is the straw that breaks the camel's back. I know he's got NBC ready to go the second he retires. He's going straight to the booth. And that's great for him. But I love Drew Brees. I want to see him play. And I want to see him get another shot at the Super Bowl. I think they've been robbed, whether it was the refs or crazy games. You talk about the Minnesota Miracle. You talk about the game against the Rams. There have been some crazy circumstances. I think I'd love to see Drew Brees get another shot at a Super Bowl. And this is good for him. They beat Tampa twice. They'll likely win the division. The Seahawks lost again. Green Bay almost lost to Jacksonville. I think they're in a good spot in the NFC right now. And maybe a few weeks to just sit. He'll be more fresh when he comes into the playoffs. I like that. Speaking of that division and those quarterbacks, there's the other side of it, which is Tampa. Why is it that every time, same as I said with the Patriots, we doubt Tom Brady? He just comes back and proves, hey, I still got it. I'm still here. I'm still the GOAT. It's every time. Stop doubting them. In sports, eventually, he's not going to be good anymore. It's just how it is. I mean, one day we're going to wake up and Brady's not going to be good anymore. But it's not going to be today. <laughs> he's still got it. He's still good. Um, and I think I saw a weird stat where he passed Jerry Rice as the all-time fantasy leader. I don't know what that means. I guess they count fantasy points. And if you play long enough, yeah, you'll be one of the greatest fantasy, you know, because Tom Brady is, I don't think he's considered one of the great fantasy quarterbacks of all time. Although I did see something funny. I think Colin Cowher tweeted, Tom Brady is the greatest QB sneaker of all time. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, it seems like every time he picks that up. But he's the greatest fantasy player of all time now. Or I guess he has the most fantasy points ever. Something like that. Um, I just thought that was kind of funny. And since we're on the topic, nobody cares about your fantasy team. I'm sorry. Everyone loves talking about their fantasy team. They'll get in a crowd and be like, yeah, my fantasy team did this. My fantasy team did this. No one but you cares about your fantasy team. I love to talk about fantasy. I love to talk about my team. But I'll talk about fantasy and who you should pick up, who you shouldn't pick up. But no one cares what happened in your game. Hey, I made in two and this happened and that. No, no one cares other than you. So stop talking about your fantasy team. Do everyone a favor. Um, you know, and really the whole league is just so mixed up. So like I mentioned before, I mentioned the NFC South, I mentioned the AFC East, I mentioned the AFC North a little bit, but think about this. Green Bay almost lost to Jacksonville. We thought Green Bay was great. Tennessee lost to Indianapolis. We thought Tennessee was great. Indianapolis looks good, but at times, I mean, last week against Baltimore, they looked terrible. Tampa has looked great against every team other than Tam- other than against the Saints. Are they really good? Las Vegas looks good, but who have they really played? Miami, are they great now? They won three in a row. Buffalo should have won last night's game, or should they have? Because they had to come from behind before. Arizona's really good. The Rams are really good. Seattle's really good. But the Rams beat Seattle. Seattle doesn't look as good the last few weeks. Their defense looks lost. And as a Jet fan, I love seeing that Jamal Adams stinks. I mean, he's bad. He has sacks. He has forced fumbles. He's only good on the blitz and coverage. He's been horrendous this year. I mean, go back to what was it, week two or three when Julian Edelman was burning him on every single play? I mean, that's Julian Edelman in the slot. Jamal Adams should be able to take him. 
New Orleans is good. Uh, it seems that way at least, but I wasn't as high on them as everyone else was coming into the year. I think Drew Brees is limited, but I again, like I said before, I'd love to see them be good. And you look at Baltimore. They're probably not going to win the division. They'll go into the playoffs, and who knows? You know, I think it's safe to say the Steelers are good and the Chiefs are good. Everyone else, I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea what is going on with the NFL this year. Um, Another thing I have no idea what's going on with is the NBA draft. You kind of always have an idea. There's this guy. There's that guy. There's this guy. This year, anyone could take anyone. Anyone could be making trades. Anyone could be moving around. It kind of – there's no college basketball. There was no tournament. So we didn't really see these guys. So no one knows what they're talking about other than the actual people who are scouting for NBA teams. So I've seen so many different things, and it's really crazy. Um, It's all over the place. I have one guy that I love in the draft, and I'm a Knicks fan, and I don't think he'll fall, but Killian Hayes is my guy. My favorite player in the NBA is James Harden. Um, I'm not really a huge NBA fan. Um, I love James Harden. And I love the Knicks. Neither of them have ever won anything. And so in my lifetime, at least. So basically what we're taught, what we're left with is I love Mike Breen. Also, I met him um, and he's great. And I do also love Jeff Van Gundy. So there's another thing in the NBA that I love. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy did not get the Rockets job. And then it looked like they don't want to pay him. And they blew that whole thing up. Uh, So that's. It's kind of funny the way free agency is going to be. There's kind of the 2K effect is what I call it. How uh, the league kind of turns into 2K. Players are moving around every year. And it's just like, oh, I want to play here now. Oh, I want to play here now. It's kind of like when I play on 2K, I'm like, okay, I had this player for a few weeks, but I'm bored now, so I'm going to trade for that great player or I'll trade for that great player. And everything looks great on paper. And it's like, oh, let's build this super team and that super team. And some of times it works. The Lakers. Usually when it works, you have LeBron James. That's been the the common denominator between all the super teams that have worked. Most of them have LeBron James. Um, and sometimes it really doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, it looks really bad, i.e. the Clippers. So that's that. Or you could look at the Paul George, Russell Westbrook, OKC Thunder from, you know, last year. Or Houston with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So a lot of times it does not work, but the times that it does work, uh, it's generally involving LeBron James. But it's just crazy that every year it changes and every year they're going somewhere else. It's like it's a video game. Um, One trade that did already happen today was CP3 was traded. I think OKC got a good return, and I think CP3 is a smart move for the Suns also. Uh, Not only is he effective still, as he showed in the bubble, but I think he can also make everyone around him great. And if they're trying to keep Devin Booker, Devin Booker could learn a thing or two from CP3. And the other guy who I think is really going to gain a ton from CP3 being there is Aiton. Aiton's going to be so much better. He's going to know how to play off the ball after playing with a Hall of Fame point guard, one of the greatest point guards of all time. So great move by the Suns. And just to show you, I think you know the Lakers got someone really good. They got Dennis Schroeder who came from OKC with CP3, and towards the end of the playoffs, he was kind of starting to look a little bit like CP3. His finishing at the rim was incredible. 
um, his drive. He just looked like, and you could see in the bubble, CP3 kind of coaching him in those games. Um, and I love to see that. I, I love Chris Paul, and I think Dennis Schroeder is going to be excellent for the Lakers. And for fans who are saying, oh, well, he's not as good as uh, Rajon Rondo, that's just not true. I mean, Rajon Rondo was great and still looked great also. But Dennis Schroeder is a younger, more athletic, you know, I really think Dennis Schroeder will be the point guard of this team and will be excellent at it. And I think that was a huge move for the Lakers. I mentioned James Harden. So let's talk about James Harden. The trade rumors are that he's going to the Nets. Um, (laughs) Again, I'm a Nick fan. I don't like to hear that. I love James Harden. And I want him to be on a team that can win. And I think him and KD would work. It's kind of crazy. They're just older, more mature than they were in OKC. I remember when they went to that finals. Everyone does. And now they'll just be way better. (laughs) There's no reason for them not to be, right? It's just, I could see it working. I could see it really going well. On paper, it sounds unbelievable. I could see it really going well. I could see it going terribly wrong. I mean, Kyrie needs the ball in his hands. Uh, Harden needs the ball in his hands. Durant needs the ball in his hands. I know we said this about Golden State, but there kind of seems to be more ego with those three guys than there was in Golden State. I don't know. Will it work? If it works, it'll look amazing. If it doesn't work, it'll be an epic disaster. And either way, I can't wait to see it if it does happen. Um, I think it would be a really smart trade for Houston. If you look at, you know, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, some of the pieces they can get back, I think they could really kind of revamp their franchise. They need to cut a lot of cash, obviously. They don't have the money to keep this going. It hasn't worked. They lost their GM. They lost their coach. It's time to break it up. Start over, and I think building with a strong cast with a lot of different players as opposed to having, you know, just one or two good players, I think that'll be huge. Since we're talking about Harden, let's talk about Westbrook. I do think if they trade Harden, they will also trade Russell Westbrook, and it is more likely they'll trade Russell Westbrook and keep Harden, uh, maybe with the pieces they get back. Let me guarantee you this right now. If Harden gets traded to the next, to the Nets, Russell Westbrook will be traded to the Knicks. It's the loser mentality that the Knicks have. They won't be able to stand that there is three superstars playing in Brooklyn and there isn't anyone playing in the Garden. The right thing to do for the Knicks would be to keep your assets, hope Killian Hayes falls to you in the draft, and that is my favorite guy in this draft. I have one favorite guy in this draft. It is Killian Hayes. He reminds me of James Harden. So kind of why he's my favorite. They just have to hope that Killian Hayes falls to them in the draft. And that is the smartest move for this team. That is the only move for this team. Build through the draft. It doesn't matter if it's Hayes or not. Build with the players you have. Keep R.J. Barrett. Keep Mitchell Robinson, who's an absolute stud. Even keep Nilakina and Knox. Maybe trade away some of those expiring contracts. See what you can get for them. You have a ton of cap space. Maybe someone will come in free agency. But this is how you build a franchise. The Knicks fans who want them to get Westbrook just have such a loser mentality. They say, oh, look, we'll just get a superstar. And yeah, and you'll still lose because he's not a superstar who helps you win. 
He's just not that. And as a Knicks fan, it drives me crazy. But that's my opinion. That's just how I feel about the Knicks. Um, (laughs) I think they need to build it properly. I think it'll be fun for the league. The Harden effect will be so interesting. If you put him in the East, then does Giannis say, oh my God, I need to get out of the Bucks. Uh, we won't be good enough to beat the, the, the Nets. Maybe I should go to Miami. What do the Celtics then do? The Celtics would be in trouble if the Nets now have Harden, Kyrie, and KD. There's a lot of implications that could happen. The Sixers, what do they do? I think the best fit, I love this trade, Harden, for ben, for ben Simmons, that trade I like. Um, I think that balances everything. I think for the Sixers, they can, again, start over, try and build around Ben Simmons. I think Joel Embiid will benefit from having James Harden. I don't know if they'll ever win. I don't love either of their attitudes. But I would like to see that. The Nets thing makes me scared. I want to make a quick point about hockey. I love hockey. A lot of people don't. So if you're stopping to listen because I'm talking about hockey, uh, well, sucks for me, I guess. I don't think anyone knows when the hockey season is starting. I'm a huge Ranger fan, so I'm kind of excited. I want to see what they can do after looking pretty good at the end of last season and then the break and then the bubble and they stunk. It was a totally different team, but they got the first overall pick in the draft. They took a guy who's supposed to be a franchise changer, Alexi Lafreniere. Nobody cares. Anyway, not the point. If you did pay attention to hockey, there's something interesting that they were doing. They dropped these reverse retro jerseys today, which is basically, I think it was supposed to be like reverse retro. I guess it's supposed to be like futuristic jerseys. I don't know. Point is, they've been dropping hints at it that they're in different little hints that they're dropping the jerseys. Everyone knew they were dropping the jerseys for the last, I want to say, three weeks. And... It's crazy that it hasn't been leaked, that none of these jerseys were leaked before they were released today. I saw pictures of people uh, wearing the jerseys, obviously. That's how they came out today. But um, no jerseys were leaked before today. So good job, hockey. Good job, NHL. But if you guys could get as much hype about your jerseys and as you do about your actual game, that would be great because I still don't even know when the NHL is starting or if there will be a season this year. Or how that's going to work. There's the Canadian problem uh, because of the borders. So really just a crazy year for hockey. But uh, nice job on the jerseys. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is baseball. I love the MLB. I'm a huge fan. Um, I've been a huge baseball fan. I think that was the first sport I fell in love with. The first player I fell in love with was Derek Jeter, and he did something so cool this week um, when he hired the first female general manager. Uh, great for that organization. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to Derek Jeter, to the Marlins. Really excellent job. And thank you guys for making the world a better place. That's the first thing I need to say. I want to talk about analytics for a minute, and I'm passionate about this. The game is moving towards analytics. Everyone talks about that. Everyone knows that. But there's something interesting about the analytics that I just don't understand. If you're so heavily invested in analytics and you think the analytics always get it right, why are you watching the players play? There is a human aspect to all of sports, emotional, psychological, that makes the games what they are. 
and Blake Snell was dealing in the World Series. I know everyone cooled off since then. Kevin Cash still won manager of the year. Well, I mean, it was voted on beforehand, but you get what I'm saying. My problem is that just, you know, watch MLB The Show. They have all the statistics. They have all the analytics. And everything happens according to a computer. During the uh, COVID lockout, if you want to call it that, I'll call it that for now, uh, they were, you know, a lot of teams had simulations of what would be happening in their seasons on MLB The Show. And if you're so heavily invested in the analytics, go watch that. Because if you want everyone to only look at analytics, the game becomes as meaningless as that. If you can't have any human involvement or any input, emotional, or what he did yesterday, or his cat died last night, or any of those things, if you can't see those things, if you ignore everything but the numbers, then it might as well be a computer game and a computer running the league, and you lose the league. You lose everything about it. You lose all the interest. And so that's my only point. I'm not going to argue analytics, no analytics. I think the analytics make the game better. But watch yourselves. There's a human aspect to sports. It's why I love sports. It's why you probably fell in love with sports. There's a psychological aspect. There is a team chemistry. Like I talked about the NBA, like, oh, you put Harden and Kyrie and KD together. They'll be great. Yeah, if you put them in a video game. But there's a human aspect to sports and we can't lose sight of that. And baseball, please catch yourselves before it's too late. One thing, though, Rob Manfred, who a lot of people hate, but I do too. But that's not the point because he helped finish this baseball season or made sure they finished this baseball season. And congratulations to him and congratulations to the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw, who I love. But the one point I was going to make, if he actually gets this terrible idea through of putting the man on second base to start extra innings, I think you should have it a little bit different. The one way I would do it is once you're making this stupid, you might as well put the man on second base to start the bottom of the ninth because now the home team is not at a disadvantage. How many times do we see the road team take the lead in the top of an extra inning and then the home team not come back? I think there is such a momentum kill and you're really hurting the home team by putting a runner to start the top of the 10th on second base. I think they should start it in the bottom of the ninth That's when you put the runner on second base for the home team if they're down or tied. Uh, Can you imagine how cool it would be if, you know, if you're into that idea? If you're down by one run going into the ninth and you bring your closer in, but right out of the gate, he has to contend with a man on second. Meaning, I guess the team would be up by one run bringing their closer in. Anyway, it's kind of funny. Um, I'm a Yankee fan. I might just do a whole separate podcast for May Yankees offseason wish list, but I'll just run through it. I want Charlie Morton. I obviously want DJ LeMayu. Um, the question is, and I guess we'll just get into this now because I don't know when I plan on doing the next podcast. I think I want to do it Thursday, um, but I'm going to actually get into this now. I think the Yankees should get Charlie Morton. I think he perfectly fits you know, who they are as a team. He's not a thrower. He's not a guy that you're you're scared he's going to get hurt or something, although he has been hurt at times in his career, a lot of times actually. But 
I love them getting Charlie Morton. Not only would he be a great, you know, third or fourth starter in the regular season, I think he would be great as a postseason starter. He's proven in that area. Um, I think they should bring Tanaka back. I really wish they would bring Tommy Canely back, but that doesn't look like it's happening. I saw uh, today that teams are looking into signing him for two-year deals, which scares me because that means teams are looking past this year. Maybe the Yankees are like, okay, we don't want to bring him back because he's going to miss this whole season, still recovering from his injury, his surgery, um, so we'll bring him back next year. But teams are now saying, yeah, we'll sign you for a two-year deal. We'll let you rehab the first year, and then we'll have you, and we'll uh, benefit from being patient by having you the second year. And that's kind of unfortunate. It's a weird spot for the Yankees to be in. He, Since he came over in the trade in 2017, uh, he has been one of my favorite Yankees. Um, and so that would kind of be sad to see him go. I think he brings a lot of personality to that team. Another team that doesn't really have personality. And there's, like I said, human aspect. Here's what they need. They need a little bit of personality and they need... Uh, somebody wrote, what, was, what, what would be your number one... Yankee wish list for this offseason um, if you could only have one thing and I wrote situational hitting <laughs> um, and it's true so DJ LeMayu gives you that and that's why they have to bring DJ LeMayu back but Michael K brought up an interesting point on his show where he talked about um, if the Yankees don't sign DJ LeMayu maybe that makes the chances of them getting Francisco Lindor higher because they were more likely to give Francisco Lindor a long, hefty contract if they don't have DJ LeMahieu on their books for the next four years, making somewhere in the range of 25 to $30 million a year, which it looks like he will get. Now that the Mets are players, t- Toronto are players, uh, I think DJ LeMahieu is going to get something about four years, $110 million. So the Yankees really need to be careful Maybe they don't spend that money, and Yankee fans would hate it, but if they got Francisco Lindor and they move Glaber back to second, I think that kind of makes your team so much better. And not only does it make your team better, but it also benefits your locker room. It shakes things up. It shows every player, puts them on notice. It says it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, you're an MVP finalist. And by the way, DJ should have been at least second place in MVP this year. I mean, it's just crazy. I, I'm not going to talk about that. And Luke Voigt should have been no lower than fifth. In MVP voting this year. That I'm just going to throw out there. So whether you think there's Yankee bias or not, there is. Um, but I think it puts all the players on notice to say, hey, you know, this guy is great and he's no longer here because we needed to shake things up. I think the Yankees have, a, have enough talent to win. But there's, again, a human aspect there. That's maybe holding them back. So that's how I feel about the Yankees. Um, The last thing I wanted to touch on is one of my favorite things in sports, which is the broadcasters. They bring the games to life. I think all of your favorite memories and moments growing up as a kid or even as an adult, your favorite sports moment has attached to it a voice. For me, a lot of times, it was Michael Kay with the Yankees. Um, obviously Joe Buck for me is huge and I talk about broadcasting because that is something that I'm going to want to touch upon on this podcast and again I touched upon everything a little bit on this podcast so the one thing I'm going to talk about in the broadcasting world 
is Doc Emmerich. He retired uh, this past month, and he was just so incredible. The amount of words, if you watch his interviews, which I watched a lot of them, um, he just painted a picture of the game, even while you were watching the game. He understood, you know, how many words you can comprehend at a certain time, and it would still make sense in your head. He is like no other broadcaster, and I will miss him, and I just, you know, my dream one day would be to meet the great Doc Emmerich. Um, He is one of the reasons why I do love hockey, so that is just something I wanted to talk about. Um, The other thing I want to talk about with broadcasting, and and this relates to podcasts, Again, I saw um, I saw this somewhere. A lot of people were talking about uh, Peter Rosenberg. Uh, he's on the Michael K show. If you're not familiar, it's a New York sports afternoon drive radio show, very popular. They have a lot of listeners. Um, they got this guy Peter Rosenberg Rosenberg a few years back, sorry, um, to kind of spice up the show, be like the funny guy or the fun guy. He does a little drops. It's a very serious show in general and I find that some people take sports very seriously, a lot of big sports fans. I'm a huge sports fan, and I do at times take it seriously, and then I take a step back and I realize it's just sports, um, and it's supposed to be fun, and that's how I want this podcast to be. But something interesting happened with Peter Rosenberg, um, where last week, he gets a lot of hate, though, for not really necessarily being good, Um and I particularly don't enjoy listening to him, although I do love listening to Michael and Don. And But this is not, I'm not here to critique anyone else. Um, you know, that's not what I, that's not my job. Um, but he had a moment last week where on Monday afternoon, they asked him about, uh, you know, Michael K was talking about, well, the Chargers keep finding ways to lose games. And Peter Rosenberg goes, why, what'd they do this time? And I don't know if it was a, you know, he's being like the idiot that they can make fun of in the group or if he actually didn't know. His job, and this is what everyone was saying on Twitter and whatnot, his job is to know what happened in sports. The day before, one of the biggest stories was the end to the Chargers game, and he didn't know how it ended a full 24 hours later. Forget about doing show research, which he should have been doing. He didn't even go on Twitter or, or Instagram and see any of the highlights that showed exactly how the Chargers game ended. I mean, I'm talking about the week that they had the touchdown called back. And Michael K quickly reviewed it. Maybe that was planned because I do think a lot of their show is staged um, and scripted. So maybe that was scripted so that Michael K could then tell the fans, here's what happened. And at the same time, Peter looks like the guy who, yo, I'm cool. I don't really care that much about sports. Um, so maybe that was part of the plan. But at the same time, it just sounds ridiculous and unbelievable, especially if you're either he's terrible at his job or he, it's just so unbelievable that you didn't fool anyone by saying that he didn't th- know what happened in the game the day before. Either way, people lost it online about this. And my point was, yeah, and yet still he has that job and you don't. So he's obviously doing something right. And here's what I hope to learn in this process. As I listen to myself, and I'm going to critique myself a lot, I will be myself's biggest critic. There is something, and I have a lot to learn from a guy like Peter Rosenberg. He is in that industry, and he is doing well in the industry for a reason. And I'm not in the industry yet. I'm trying to get into it. 
there are people out there who are not in the industry at all. And everyone on social media is a critic, you know, but hey, this guy made a career. There's obviously an art to this. There's an art that he mastered. There's an art that a lot of people have mastered and thousands and maybe millions of more people have tried and failed. I'm just going to come out here and, you know, just be completely transparent with what I'm trying to do with this show. And I have a lot to learn from everyone. I think everyone offers someone something uh, to learn from. And I plan on doing that. Just quickly want to touch on one last sports topic, which is tonight's Monday night football game. Uh, it's Minnesota at Chicago. Chicago's plus two and a half. Um, I really think Mitchell Trubisky should be the quarterback for that team. I don't think Nick Foles... I mean, Nick Foles misses so many throws. I thought Minnesota was going to be good coming into the year, but now Green Bay doesn't look as good as they did. Minnesota beat Green Bay. Is Minnesota good? They were terrible to start the year. This kind of runs along with the theme of the rest of the NFL. I have no clue. Kansas City is good. Pittsburgh's good. Um, So that game starts in about an hour. Um, And when you listen to this... (laughs) If you are one of those people waiting for my podcast to come out, then you've been waiting 23 years. Congratulations. Here it is. And you could listen to it right now and you'll catch this podcast before the game starts. But most of you, if you ever listen to this, it'll be uh, long after this game is played. So I am I will be the first to tell you I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. Um, I think it'll be close. Maybe take Chicago and the points. But two and a half. If it was three and a half, then I would say take Chicago. I don't know. Um, I want to come back on Thursday. This podcast was kind of an overview, kind of to give you an idea of what I like about sports, what my interests are. Um, so I went through a lot of sports. I'm going to do a full NFL show on Thursday, I hope. And I hope to get it out. Maybe I'll do it Wednesday night or Thursday morning, get it out before the Thursday night game. Um, yeah, that's all I got for now. If you listened, I really appreciate it. If you made it this far, I appreciate it even more. Um, thank you guys. This is a dream of mine and I can't believe I actually put this together. This is not only the first time that I actually am releasing a podcast. It's the first time I even picked up a microphone and started recording. I had so many ideas. I've done this in my head. I've sent, you know, long messages to my friends of myself talking about sports, but I've never done this. And if someone out there listens to it and thought this was any good. I appreciate that. I'd appreciate and I'm open to all criticism. I want to get better. And uh, this is something that I look forward to doing for a while. And um, so thank you for giving me this opportunity. And uh, peace.